and welcome to a very special episode of Hate Read. I'm Anna. And I'm Em. Every fortnight here on Hate Read, we challenge one another to read a book that we think the other will hate. But for this fortnight, we are instead reading a book that Anna knows that she will hate. Anna decided for her revisit episode to choose uh, Little House in the Big Woods by Laura Ingalls Wilder. So, Anna, uh, first things first, why do you hate this book? Because, okay, so here's my thing. And it's just, it's not just Laura Ingalls Wilder because, I'm sorry, she's just like the target of my wrath this week. It's every book that takes place in like this prairie way of life and living and, you know, roughing it out in the American wilderness in this particular time period. I grew up in Kansas. I did my entire public education in the state of Kansas. <laughs> And for some reason, just because I lived in the place that was formerly the Great Plains meant that every teacher had to assign a book every year that took place on the Great Plains and describe the great American struggle of creating life out there in the wilderness. We got that too, but our uh, regional identity that we chose to latch onto in middle school was the whole Underground Railroad thing. So hmm. we got a lot of books on the slave trade and escaping the slave trade. Oh, so I don't think we had a single book on that, unfortunately. Yeah, we had a lot. Um, which, incidentally, fun story, when I was in fourth grade, around that probably, we had to write a short story about slaves escaping on the Underground Railroad oh. and getting to freedom. Huh. And I shamelessly plagiarized a book big part of my story from one of the red wall books <laughs> that's amazing so, that's amazing that's my biggest shame um <laughs> no it was it was one of, and i can't tell you which of the red wall books all i know is that there were a family of rodents of some kind i believe hedgehogs but who knows uh, that escaped some sort of situation. And when they got to freedom, the hedgehog mom, I'm going to say hedgehog. I don't know if it was hedgehogs. The hedgehog mom gave birth to a hedgehog baby and they asked the hedgehog dad what they wanted to name the baby. And the hedgehog dad was like, oh, Joy. And so the baby's name was Joy. And I just <laughs> ripped that off. And I did the exact same thing, except with a family of escaped slaves. <laughs> in canada and there were twins so it was joy and jubilation and my teacher loved it my teacher was like this is great you are so innovative a plus wow that emily and she's so yeah. creative that's how i plagiarized a redwall book and shoehorned it into into an issue of slavery well, you know right oh. right what you know i guess Going through a big red wall phase in fourth grade, huh? Yeah. Red wall was great, though. Um, <laughs> but uh, I did read Little House, the Little House series as a kid, and I really, really liked it. And we we did read it in school. And this is the thing. Mm -hmm. this It was surreal for me rereading this book because I remembered everything in this book on Ugh, a visceral gosh. level. But I, if you had asked me beforehand what happened in this book, I would have absolutely no clue. And I feel that way about because all the Because nothing happened books. in this book. No, nothing happens. <laughs> nothing happens in this book. But every single little anecdote where she's like, oh, and then we did this. And then my doll had this dress. And I was like, yes, I remember that dress. Yes. yes. <laughs> um, the red calico. Yes. But there were, I do remember they did teach this in like, early early school years because yeah it was like second i remember we day. had like a little house day or something and maybe i'm making this up but i specifically remember being fed head cheese Ew. <laughs> <laughs> like i remember that as a thing that happened and i i also think my mom was in charge of doing the maple candy like where they pour it on the sugar and then oh well see like, that's the fun it or whatever right so I don't know how much of this is actual things that happened when I was in first grade and how much of it is something that I have made up in my mind, but I remember these things. Yeah. And and for our non-American listeners, that's probably between the ages of like six and eight that we would have read these books. Yeah. And I mean, reading them now, 
I definitely didn't enjoy it as much as I did as a child. Ugh. I hated it even more, if possible. (laughs) But I will say, I guess because I haven't been force-fed the prairie narrative, I'm still still kind of interested in this as just like Mm -hmm. an anthropological study, you know? Mm -hmm. Here are things that people did in the 1860s, and Mm -hmm. isn't that interesting? Does it work as a narrative? No, it's just a list of chores. That's all this book (laughs) is, is an in-depth list of chores, how to complete them in the 1860s wilderness of the big woods of Wisconsin. Oh, it was even worse than I remembered. Because I guess in my mind, I was thinking, Little House in the Big Woods, the the big book in this series is Little House on the Prairie, because that's when they actually pick up and they move and they go to to the the prairie prairie. and start a new life. Yeah, and... The events of that one are a lot more significant, and the events of um, the the winter one. What is that one called? Like Little House in the Big Winter or something, probably. <laughs> Where <laughs> Mary big, gets... Isn't it just like the long winter? Probably. Is that it? Or is that a chapter from Game of Thrones? No, those don't have chapter mm-hmm. titles. <laughs> <laughs> those chapter titles are character names. Yeah, my bad. Uh, don't at me. <laughs> Let me look up Laura Engels real quick and see what else she wrote. Yeah. Okay, so there's Little House in the Big Woods, mm-hmm. Farmer Boy, which is about her husband's early life. Yeah, no one's ever read that one. Right, no one cares about that. Uh, <laughs> Little House on the Prairie, On the Banks of Plum Creek, mm-hmm. By the Shores of Silver Lake, The Long Winter, Little Town on the Prairie, and These Happy Golden Years. Those are the Little House books. And then yeah. she's done some other stuff. Yeah. So, so I guess the two that always stick out in my mind is the ones that were like most read and most beloved of this series are the little house on the prairie and the long winter because that's the books where things actually happen um in the long winter like mary mary gets scarlet fever and goes blind yeah so take that blondie (laughs) (laughs) yeah the amount of like vitriol towards her blonde sister in this well i mean I mean, she's four or five in this book. She's four or five. But there's a lot of, mm-hmm. eh, who's better, blondes or brunettes? And everyone being like, oh, aren't isn't blonde hair so pretty? And she very obviously internalized that a lot. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure that affected her for many years. And if people back yeah. then had therapists, she would have gone to one. Yeah, there would have been a lot of talk on someone's couch about how her blonde sister gave her an inferiority yeah. complex. <laughs> But yeah, so her sister gets scarlet fever, right? And then she ends up being a teacher. Is that I think so. Is that a thing? Yeah. I don't like, know. By the end of this. And she gets married because yeah, that guy and that then eventually die or whatever. <laughs> I don't. Did she write about her own death? Probably. I don't think Probably. So. <laughs> <laughs> and as I lay here on my deathbed, <laughs> what a sad turn. That would have been a lot more interesting than this book. Oh, yeah, for uh, sure. <laughs> um, because nothing happens in this book. There's a lot of yeah. bears and things that are thought to be bears, but turn out to be logs. Um, yep. A lot of smacking of bears. A lot of shooting mm-hmm. at bears. And, pan- and panthers. Panthers. In the woods of Wisconsin. Mm. Well, I think, that a thing? I think that's a linguistic thing, because I remember talking about this in high school in my biology class okay. about how like panthers are called different things. Like, huh. so I think they're talking about mountain lions. I'm pretty okay. sure. That um, would make sense. What we, would, what we would call mountain lions, but mm-hmm. I guess in that particular Something area, like they refer pumas. to them as panthers. Because, yeah, when yeah. when I say panthers, I'm thinking, like, down south. Like, Florida panther would be one. Mm. And then, like, I don't know. What do, what do you I'm consider thinking of, panther? Uh, what's his name from Jungle Book? Yeah, yeah. Like, there's, like, Florida panthers, which are, like, reddish, I think. And yeah. then there's, like, black panthers. Oh, I always think of the black panther. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely don't think, but I'm pretty sure they're talking about mountain lions. It's not that Bagheera. That makes a lot more Bagheera sense. is not making a guest appearance in this book. Yeah. Bagheera, that's what <laughs> yeah. his name was. I couldn't remember. Another book that is also very boring. Mm, I have not read that one. Let's not. <laughs> Let's not. <laughs> Let's not revisit that. We're not um, doing that. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I just felt like these books I had, and I was, I've always been a reader. I've always loved reading. But these books really ruined a lot of other really good books for me. Like, I I can't stand any John Steinbeck. I hate Willa Cather. I just, I can't do any of that, like, Dust Bowl, Great Depression, Manifest Destiny 
stuff. Yeah, I mean... The genre as a whole is lost to me because of Laura Ingalls Wilder. I Here's another thing that is a fact about me, um, which, Anna, you know. Uh, when I have spare time, I sometimes volunteer at a living history museum in which my job is to uh, replicate the sort of chores that are in this book for small children and force them to do them. So... <laughs> I don't know. I still am like, again, I'm interested in it from like an anthropological point, but mm-hmm. at the same time, it's kind of glossing over a lot of stuff that mm-hmm. maybe should be addressed. And there's specifically, I'm talking about the use of the darky song. Really? That's, that's what oh, I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs> I yeah, just, the uh, weird racism. Glazed over that. Which, <laughs> Yeah. Which this book was written in the 1930s, right? Right. And it's about the 1860s. So. So some. I don't want to say that you can like understand why some of it was not mentioned. But I mean, that was Civil War was happening. And there's a couple mentions of it. Yeah, they talk about the Johnny Cakes or whatever and why that might be named Johnny Johnny Cake because of the Johnny Rubs. But yeah, I don't know. It's definitely something that if I was using this as a teaching aid would, I would, but then that's like erasing stuff. I don't know. It was just very weird because it never really came up at any Mm -hmm. other point in the book, but then it was just this one random racist song. Here's a collection of dad's favorite songs. By the way, this one's hella (laughs) racist. So that was fun for everyone. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> so anyway here's <laughs> oh I can't, shit i can't think of a, i can't think of a folk song <laughs> so anyway here's yankee doodle so anyway here's she'll be coming around the mountain <laughs> um can we also address and i don't know i may have been reading into this too much but can we address the fact that it seems to me that another thing that laura Ingalls might needed to have talked out with a therapist was her serious Electra complex. Oh, yeah. Mm. <laughs> her, she had a very special relationship with Pa. Yeah. She? Like, okay, here's the thing. Reading this book, Pa sounds hot. Like, Pa sounds... He's a total babe. I'd, I'd fuck Pa, right? Like, Yeah, yeah. But, like, this is from her viewpoint. Why do we feel that way from her viewpoint? Right. Right. Like, even ignoring the fact that her as a child is clearly, like, clearly idealizes her father, which that's very realistic. That's very childlike. But she's an adult writing this. Yeah. She wasn't a child writing this. She was an adult writing this. It's just very, I, I kept being like, why... Why does she want me to, does she, am I, am I just trying to come up with something to make this interesting? And it's clearly not going to be Ma because she was totally milk toast. The, oh, the yeah. vibes I was getting towards Pa was just like, I feel really bad for that it farmer boy because he's got a lot to live up to. Like, let me tell you. Yeah. Yeah. She's a little bit obsessed with her dad. Yeah. Which, I mean, I guess if you live in a house there's one, two, three, four, five yeah. of you. No one within miles. I, I guess you're going to develop some weird types of relationships with your family members. <laughs> a lot of animosity <laughs> towards your sister. A lot of sexually unexplored feelings towards your father. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. It's the 1860s. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. Well, and, and like speaking of like, I don't know, being obsessed with her father and her sis and her sister's appearance she has she has a lot of feelings toward her entire family's appearance like yeah her mom she always comments on how her mom is so beautiful and and so thin that and line perfect and i i sent you that line that line yes. fucked me up as a kid that line <laughs> yes please me share up. please share with the audience <laughs> let me find it because because I, I have to i don't have i'm using the uh yeah free gutenberg canada version yeah so to set up to set up this quote emma's looking for um they are going to a dance that is being held at Laura Ingalls' grandmother and grandfather's house be, uh, to celebrate the 
collection of maple syrup, I guess. I don't know. And so all the... <laughs> you gotta find something. You gotta find something to celebrate. <laughs> and, um... There wasn't much to do. All the women folk are in a room together getting ready for this dance. And Laura is, of course, noticing her mother's appearance and what the other women are saying about her mother. Aunt Dosia pulled as hard as she could on Aunt Ruby's corset strings, and then Aunt Dosia hung on to the foot of the bed while Aunt Ruby pulled on hers. Pull, Ruby, pull, Aunt Dosia said breathless. Pull harder. <laughs> so Aunt Ruby braced her feet and pulled harder. Aunt Dosia kept measuring her waist with her hands, and at last she gasped. I guess that's the best you can do. She said, Caroline says Charles could span her waist with his hands when they were married. That line. Yes. That line got me fucked up. That is so like, like I just like held my so hand tiny. in front of my face and stared at it for I don't know how long. Where do your Where do your organs go? And even if he has like big old man hands, like dude. We're we're making We are both <laughs> We're, we're both currently making circles with our hands and showing them to each other, yeah. which I realize is not great for this audio format. <laughs> but trust us, it's a very small do, do this circumference. At home. Take your left hand. Do it. Do and it make now, listeners. The shape of a take C. It. And then take your right hand and make the shape of a backward C. And slowly bring your fingertips together until you want to cry at how skinny that woman was. <laughs> <laughs> like literally though as a kid because here's the thing i sent anna this text with this line and i was like i could not remember where this line was from but i have remembered this line for my entire life mm-hmm. like when they talk about the like standards of beauty in pop culture mm. i'm like oh yeah like <laughs> spanning the breadth of your waist with uh, your husband's hands like that that's what you're talking about right <laughs> like literally that's the thing that pops into my head when people talk about that Forget Barbie dolls, forget magazines, Laura Ingalls Wilder. That Mm -hmm. is my unrealistic expectation of uh, weight standards that has affected me. She's the real criminal here. She's the real criminal here. (laughs) And, and you know, okay, so I I was telling Em, I have the illustrated version that I downloaded from the Kindle store. And they, none of those women are that skinny in this book. At least from the illustrations. Maybe his hands are just really big. Maybe he just has the hands the size of, I don't know, car tires. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we should be talking about is Pa's freakish hand size. Yeah, let's body shame him for a second. Can you even wear gloves? (laughs) (laughs) Ma in general is such a, like, I don't know. Maybe it was just my reading of her, but she was so, she barely got to speak. Pa was always running his mouth mm-hmm. off. And wouldn't Ma be the one watching these dumb kids most of the time? Oh, Why yeah. isn't she talking to them? Why isn't she telling them stories? What's going on? What's going on, There's Ma? There's no time for stories when you're doing chores, Em. When you're making fancy butter. Yes. She's busy with the fancy She's butter. She's molding the butter into the shape of rose petals <laughs> Which, or something. Again, like, I guess they didn't have television, so that's what you're going to yeah, do. Yeah, what else are you going to do all day? Just make sure your butter's all fancy. Uh-huh. You don't have any neighbors to make it fancy for. I don't know why I couldn't have just had a rectangle. Right. Like, who cares? Whatever. Gotta have that fancy butter. <laughs> yeah, and she clearly, like, I don't know. To me, it came off as, like, they made mention of her having come from, a like, a fancier background before she met Charles and went off with mm-hmm. him into the big woods. Yeah. Like, she had all of her dresses designed for her by the dressmaker and blah, blah, blah in her past life. Like, I'm feeling a little resentment here from Caroline and her current state of affairs. <laughs> like, she's been sequestered <laughs> away in this house in the big woods. She's just sullenly sitting there making butter, looking at her kids like, oh, you little anchors. <laughs> If it weren't for the three of you, I would have been long gone. I could have married a horse breeder. I could be living in Milwaukee right now. Not out in these woods with this man whose job is shooting bears. What is his job? Does he have one? Because they're not like, I don't know. I guess they're farmers. Yeah, Do they, have they a farm? just, they live off the land. Yeah, because they talk about bringing in those threshing machines. Mm, um, mm, yeah, yeah. And so I guess they have some sort of harvest. And they seem to do well for themselves because they're always getting fancy fabrics and, you know, they mm-hmm. don't seem to want for much. But, what well, you know, what a sad existence. <laughs> Just, like, 
the 1800s just sound really boring. I know. And like, why would, if there was a town, why wouldn't you just live in it? <laughs> just go live in the town. Go live in the just town. Just go live in the town. You could, why are you, you guys here? could work at like the community garden instead of having to have mm. your own. Like, I don't know. It just know. seems like you're a bunch of hermits. And he never brings the family into town. They tried to uh, live in the town first, but they shunned Ma because mm-hmm. of her fancy butter ways. They're like, we don't need your kind around here. They shun Pa for his giant hands. <laughs> he breaks every glass in the bar. We just can't have him here anymore, Mayor. <laughs> can't have him here. <laughs> but then it's like a Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer situation where one day they really need a shovel. <laughs> or like, can no one open this jar of pickles? Their sound shovel is broken and they're just like... Whatever shall we do? And Pa comes through with his giant <laughs> trowel of I, hands. I know you. just like, I'm here, guys. I know you've shunned me for years, but I will help you dig these holes. And everyone learned a lesson that yeah. day. And everyone's like, well, maybe those, maybe that family out in the big woods ain't so bad. But then like he, he goes to pet a dog and completely smashes it. And they're like, oh, no, you go back. You go back out there. Take your ugly family. <laughs> Leave the blonde one, but the rest can go. <laughs> that can be Pa's new folk song. Old shovel hands and gulls out in the woods. <laughs> what did you shovel today? <laughs> oh my god. Uh, I couldn't have done it. I like, That's all I know, reading this book. I couldn't have done it. So I guess good, good I on you, have Caroline. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you didn't seem to have any options. You were being held prisoner no. by old man's shovel hands. <laughs> and these three children <laughs> that you spawned. Don't, don't make me smack you again, Caroline. <laughs> we have to stop making spousal abuse jokes on this podcast. I edited I know, out so I know. many of them. Oh, God. I had to edit like twenty minutes of our of our Christmas with the Cranks episode. I joked about that for so long. And that was already a short episode. Oh. <laughs> oh my god, we're messed up. We're all kinds of messed up, guys. That's all right. Don't worry about it. Oh man, my marriage is perfect. Yeah, I'm a little worried. Is, is my brother beating you? <laughs> What's going on? Well, I don't know. I guess, like, that begs the question, then, who is doing the beating? Would it be me, the one that laughs about it, or, <laughs> you're, or him, the one that's quietly crying in the corner the right now? I don't know. <laughs> is my brother there? Put him on camera. Put him on camera right now, Anna. <laughs> oh, he fell down the stairs. Can't I'm cutting all of this. Get a little bit banged up. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know why it's some of our best material. <laughs> Old man, old man shovel hand. Oh man. Oh jeez. Um. So, I guess if anyone does want a summary of yeah, this book, you know, we'll go through it real quick. It's basically a year in the life of Laura Ingalls Wilder, from winter all the way back again to winter, all of the tedium that occurs in her day to day life. How many kids she plays with? How many pairs of mittens she gets? Her jealousy over how her sister's piece of candy has more words. You know those, like, chalk valentine hearts? Yeah, she was jealous because her sisters had more words on it than hers They literally have to make up things to get jealous about because it's so boring in the 1800s. (laughs) The most exciting moment was when uh, they were outside playing and Mary said, everyone knows that, like, blondes have more fun or whatever she That's exactly what she said. She said it in a breathy yeah. Marilyn Monroe voice. Everyone knows yeah. that blondes well, have one. Blondes just have happy birthday, Mr. President. <laughs> That's a hundred percent what happened in this book. <laughs> Is it not? And then and then I, I don't remember. Uh probably though. And then Laura just straight up smacks a bitch. <laughs> and I was like, Yeah, girl, I don't know the the part where your- they accidentally <laughs> smack a bear was pretty good. That was some level oh, that too. of interest. The bear they thought yeah, was a Yeah, and then cow. they smack it, and then they realize it's a bear, and then they run back in the house and hide, and then they have to wait for Pa to come home, and then Pa comes home, and he's like, oh, I encountered a bear in the woods, but it was a log. 
<laughs> Which, okay, oh, oh. And then, yeah, Caroline's sitting in the corner, like, silently freaking out about the fact that she's right, a right. Bear. But uh, the whole, the bear was a log thing makes me really, really wonder about how stupid people were before, like, television <laughs> and pictures where they could see, like, an actual picture of a thing and be like, oh, that's what that thing looks like. Because it uh-huh. reminded me of, um, did you ever read Last of the Mohicans? No. Okay, so that's a that but so that's a bad book too. I hate it. We could talk about that for like three hours. But um, <laughs> let's not read in it that this, though. <laughs> right, we're not going to read this. Um, in that book, there's a whole section where, uh, to be clear, that is a bad book in the sense that, okay, I need to. All right, that's a bad book because uh, of the f- treatment of the female characters. Like the rest of it, mm. there are there are good parts of it. Uh, it's good for literary mm-hmm. study, all that sort of stuff. So, you know, don't at me. Um, <laughs> but, but there's Our most the- disclaimer heavy episode yet. Right. In the don't at me. <laughs> um, so there's a part in that book where they are running around in the woods and there's a uh-huh. whole series of people disguising themselves as other things. And there is a point... Okay. And it's been a while since I read this, so I could get this wrong. But there is a point where a guy disguise him- disguises himself as a Native American disguised as hmm. a beaver. What? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> like, that's, that's all the context you need. Just understand that there is a part in this novel that was well-received mm-hmm. and it's still studied today where a man disguises himself as a beaver and people accept that and no one goes nobody's <laughs> going to believe you're a beaver you're a fully grown human which makes me think <laughs> that people didn't know what beavers looked like or assumed that beavers could grow to be six feet tall like that could be like that there was just some like the beavers that they saw were the the young beavers, and there were hidden giant beavers <laughs> elsewhere deeper in the woods. The mommy and daddy beavers <laughs> live deeper in the big woods. That that was so that this reminded me of that where I'm like, I even if it's dark out, I don't think that I would confuse a bear. Like maybe okay, maybe on first glance I'd be like, oh, a bear. But then after yelling at it and shouting at it and throwing things at it for several mm-hmm. minutes, I think I'd have figured it out. You know, like, I, I don't think I'd be still be like, <laughs> this is just a bear that's holding very still. A stubborn bear. <laughs> a stubborn, very still bear. Something would clue well, me off. Well, and I think, personally, because... The Paw character tells a lot of these kinds of stories where he's, like, going up against an animal and it turns out to not be a thing or it turns out mm-hmm. to not be a problem or something at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, I think he's just telling these stories to his family to scare them into thinking they have to stay with him. Again, yes. back to my Paw is keeping yes. everyone captive in the little house in the big <laughs> woods. Because he tells another story um, about how he went to go – he found, like, a honey tree or mm-hmm. something and it's full of bees swarming so what this man does oh it, well okay it's full of bees swarming it and there's also a bear that's very interested in this honey and it's eating the honey as he comes upon the tree so what pa does is he makes a lot of noise to scare the bear away and mm-hmm. is successful which if it's a black bear i guess like if you i mean all you know with those big hands he probably did look like a very intimidating creature to this black bear <laughs> Shovel hands. But but then he proceeds to chop down the tree, slice it in half, scoop out wash bins full of honey and honeycomb, and bring it back to the family. And they're like, but Pa, didn't you get stung by any of the bees? And he literally just says, I never get stung by bees. But, like, in a way that you're like, okay, Pa has a special power where he avoids getting hurt. But if I went outside, I would definitely get stung by bees. Right. Yeah. Which goes into my kind of the thing I said when I first started reading this book. I texted you and I said, this Mm -hmm. book is a lot better if you read it as if this is a horror movie. So maybe Mm -hmm. that's how you have. Because there's just certain lines. Let me see if I can find a couple of them. 
that just, especially at the beginning of this book, before you kind of get that this is just how it's written, that just sounds like about simple folk. Set, right. It sounds like it's setting up a horror movie. Like, in the yard in front of the house were two beautiful big oak trees. Every morning, as soon as she was awake, Laura ran to look out the window. And one morning, she saw in each of the big trees a dead deer hanging from a branch. Like, <laughs> that sounds like the setup of a horror movie. And then there's this whole part where they're, like, butchering the hogs and stuff, but they keep referring to it as butcher, like, butchering time, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Let me find that. It's butchering time. <laughs> right. But it's, like, capital B, capital T. Like, it's, like, a sacred, the yeah. butchering time has come. It's very... Because of it, it's all very matter of fact. It sounds very horror movie esque until you're like, oh, yes. no, this is just matter of fact, boring things. But if you read the whole thing as a horror movie in which Pa is a monster shovel handed being who is holding this family captive, you know, it's actually a lot better. <laughs> the hog had stopped squealing. After that, butchering time was great fun. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> or. Cracklings were very good to eat, but Laura and Mary could have only a taste. They were too rich for little girls, Ma said. Like. (laughs) Crackling for the little girl. (laughs) (laughs) This, This one's also good. He was blowing up the bladder. It made a little white balloon, and he tied the end tight with a string and gave it to Mary and Laura to play with. They could throw it into the air and spat it back and forth with their hands. Or it would bounce along the ground, and they could kick it. <laughs> what kind of bladder? I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> but but in my edition of the book, it is accompanied by an illustration. Oh, ooh, another example of Pa trying to trap everyone in the house, right? There were small mm-hmm. traps, and middle-sized traps, and giant bear traps with teeth in their jaws that Pa said would break a man's leg if they shut onto it. Like... How does he know? (laughs) Like he, well, how does he know? And B, he's setting those traps for people. He's, he's trying to keep them in the house. (laughs) Yeah. Well, see, at first it was like he wanted to protect his family from those that discriminated against the shovel handed. Yes. But then somewhere along the way, things got a little twisted and now he's actively seeking those people out to kill and butcher them for his family to have fresh meat during the winter. This is also, this is also reminding me very much of like, um, Margaret Peterson Haddix's uh, what is it called? Running Out of Time I think is what it is. Let me look it up real quick. That sounds about right. Is that the one where they're like, there's too many kids in the house or something? No, that's Among, or no, the, that's hidden. among the Hidden. Yeah, yeah, also a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's called Running Out of Time, but it's the one where um, there's like a community and it's like an 1800s community and it's this sort of thing where it's very boring but something seems slightly off and then Mm. partway through the book you find out that it's actually like a living history thing that the parents have lied to the children about and they're all pretending like it's the 1800s but it's really like 1990 and then you find out that it's actually like a science experiment to test like disease stuff on them so they the girl like escapes and goes out to the outside world to try to find help because the kids are dying Uh inside because they've been like they have this virus or whatever and it's something that should be treatable but like they're not the scientists behind it aren't treating them for whatever reason it's really good it's a very good book for like middle school if we have any middle schoolers listening to this spoiler alerts first check out (laughs) margaret peterson haddocks forget this little house shit (laughs) <laughs> yeah go read something good that does sound actually really good i was gonna say um or like m night Shyamalan's the village yeah yeah that too <laughs> the precursor maybe he was inspired maybe he read all the little house books and he maybe was like, i see what you're doing laura ingles i know the truth behind <laughs> the little house cat <laughs> which kind of that kind of brings me into i guess we can kind of do segments for this since this is kind of a weird Mm -hmm. episode it's not our usual format but um yeah so we'll we'll do a segment or two here kind of speaking of books that were similar to this but Mm -hmm. that we liked better as kids maybe so running out of time is one of them for me but also the thing that i kept thinking of when reading this was um the american girl series oh yeah that were based Mm -hmm. on the american girl dolls 
which have the same sort of anthropological, you know, oh, this is what it was like at this time. Although obviously this was Mm -hmm. not written by someone living through it. So I guess maybe there's less validity to it, but you know, it's still Mm -hmm. that same sort of idea, but there's actual like plot lines and stuff and people do things and things happen. Yeah. So that would be kind of- And some of them lived in cities. Yeah. And some of them were not white. (laughs) So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Not a ton of them, but some of them. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I I so wanted American Girl. girl. I had Kirsten. Oh, I didn't have any of them. The, I just had the she book. was the blonde hair, blue eyed one. Oh my god! And I loved. And I know we've we've talked kind of talked about this on Twitter in the past, but like all just like the miniature things that you can buy for the American <laughs> Girl dolls that you could. So I don't know good. if they still do it. It was oh, so good. It's like the little foods. Well, they had the American Girl dolls and the little things you could buy, but then for a while. Mm-hmm. They had like just miniature rooms that you could set up that were like magnetic. Yes. And for the, they, well, for the American girl doll that looked like you. No, no, they weren't. Oh, this was they weren't the... big enough for it. They were smaller than American girl dolls. Oh, they were even tinier. Even, what? Like they were like, um, yay big, and I'm holding up maybe like a foot to show, like mm-hmm. just square boxes. That you could sit, that wow. you could get. They were like magnet on the inside, and you could put magnetic wallpaper on them, and then get little furniture oh. and like build a room. And they were tiny and adorable, yeah. and I wanted them so bad, but my mom would never buy them for me. Yeah, Ugh, probably because it cost like four hundred dollars. Yes, they were hella expensive. Yeah, actually, I don't even know if I really vocalized how much I wanted them because I think I was kind of like, well, this is really cool, but I don't understand why I want it, and it's not something I can <laughs> play with, so I don't really know how to explain yeah. this. I just love. I really just want small it to have. <laughs> yeah, I just want tiny things, mom. Yeah, it's mom, like tiny please. things that look like big things. <laughs> yes, please buy me <laughs> specifically. A tiny I thing. like miniatures of things that are actually real yeah. life big things. <laughs> My friend um, Kat in high school, uh, mm-hmm. she her mom collected miniatures, and oh, I would just stare so at them. Cool. Uh, I'd like make it. I'd like go to the bathroom, but then instead of like actually going to the bathroom, I'd just go and look at the miniature food can like there'd be like little yeah. eensy tiny cans like food cans that were like little tiny like as big as your pinky nail and they were so little and they had all the that details just, like, fascinates me. so great I <laughs> uh, yeah i think it's the details in it that they get i'm like yeah that does mm-hmm. look like a giant i mean that does look like a tiny can of corn wow i can even see the kernels like, yeah i don't know <laughs> i don't know why we're so into many things I don't um, know but, either, but but anyway, aside from the surely American- there are others out there with our affliction. Let us know. <laughs> Please tweet at us. Um, but okay, Let so us know Anna, we're not alone. Yes. <laughs> were there any books in your childhood that were oh. similar to this that you maybe enjoyed more than this, or that yeah, were completely yeah, different I from think this? The one, the one book um, that is probably pretty obvious that was similar because it is also about farm life, but a completely different kind of farm life is Charlotte's Web. Love oh, yeah. Love some Charlotte's Web. Mm-hmm. See, I was never that into Charlotte's Web as a kid. Oh, I I, but that's the thing. I feel like there are a lot of books that I just read a ton because they were the book that I had. Like, I had mm, Charlotte's yeah. Web, so I read Charlotte's Web a lot. Like, I I could not drive myself to the library and pick out a new book. I just had to read Charlotte's Web. <laughs> you had to wait till till your mom took you in. Right. Then it was overwhelming. There's too many choices. What if you got yes. the wrong book? It was mm. too much. Too mm. much for my little So just we'll just brain. stay here and read Charlotte's Web for the hundredth time. <laughs> I, I love that book, except the, the only part of Charlotte's Web that I've ever really had an issue with is the part where Wilbur willingly picks up Charlotte's, like, web and egg sack and puts it in his mouth. <laughs> Freaked you out, or? <laughs> oh, yeah, I thought that was the most disgusting thing that I'd ever read in my young life. Like... <laughs> See, I, like I said, I wasn't a big Charlotte's Web fan, but I really, really liked Trumpet of the Swan, which was, like, I had a collection oh, of, like, E.B. White books. I never read that one. And Okay, uh-huh. I'm trying to remember what exactly it was about. I know that it was sad, and that's why I liked it. Like, it was, <laughs> there was, there was, like, a deep melancholiness in this book that spoke to me. Wow. But I can't remember what it was. I think, I think that, let me, just let me look it up, because I'm pretty sure it was about a swan that couldn't trumpet. <laughs> Like, it was about a mute swan. That's some deep stuff, man. Oh, yeah. Wow. And I can't remember what happened. 
But I know that there was some romance with another swan, and I think it ended poorly. Aww. And oh. it <laughs> spoke to me deeply. <laughs> it set the tone for M's relationship for decades to come. <laughs> no, just kidding. Oh, actually, hold on. I'm the looking swan. at the synopsis. Okay, so it's similar to Charlotte's Web in that it is... Okay, so they give the swan a literal trumpet. Oh, for its really real lips that it has on its bill. It it learns to split one of his web feet with a razor blade, making fingers so he uh, can... Wow, no, this is oh, dark. Is, oh, this is too much. This is dark. Yeah, course, what is happening no in this loved it. book? I really <laughs> love this book as a kid, but I don't remember this. <laughs> That sounds horrendous. Him and the girl swan do get away at the end, I think. So everything's fine. But, oh no. Okay. So it's melancholy because Lewis, the swan, who is employed by a zoo, um, ends up escaping with Serena, his swan girlfriend. And he- The zoo has swans. Well, I guess- they're pretty to look at. But. Well, they they have the swan because the swan can trumpet. He oh. works for them as a trumpeter. Oh, but, um, okay. He there. There's a whole interspecies friendship angle in this one too, with a human boy and the swan, and they hmm. they break up at the end. They depart, and then Sam the boy hears Lewis at the end, twenty years later, and it's still trumpeting away. Huh? Still trumpeting away. So I don't know why I liked that book, but I liked it better than... uh, Weirdo. (laughs) You liked it better than some pig? Uh, Yes. I just found... I found that was too on the nose. (laughs) It was some pig. I also remember uh, Charlotte's Web. Like, I associate it very much with the animated version of Charlotte's Web, which was one of Mm. the, like, five movies that was that was like deemed acceptable to show the children in school when they had a substitute teacher. So we saw mm-hmm. that a lot as a kid. So yeah. Yeah. Which was not a great movie. It was not great. No. <laughs> he wrote Stuart so, Little too. Oh, did EPY do Stuart Little? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know that. Cool. I think Good I job. read that book. It was, or, about... or I'm remembering the movie. <laughs> That's also a possibility. Um, Again, interspecies friendship between a human and a mouse, I think was the, mm-hmm. except they adopted the mouse, which that's weird. Yeah, it was like their son. Which, okay. Which, whatever. Good on them, I guess. E.B. White, something was going on in his life. Yeah, I really like them animals. Yeah. All right. Well, did we have any other segments we wanted to talk about? I don't know. Um, We kind of talked about like what stuff we liked in this book already. So I don't feel we need to go over that. Um, Yeah. Oh, what character did you relate to the most? Oh gosh. Um, I think the character I related to most was, Oh, I know who it was. Oh, I can't remember his name. Let me look up his name real quick. I mean, for me, I think it's probably Pa because like, I want to have a hot bitch Mm. and like be able to do whatever I want. (laughs) And and your hands are huge. Hands <laughs> have huge hands. Not the shovel hands huge so much, hands. which we we understand is canonic. It that the shovel hands is a part of canon now. That um yeah that is real. Uh, but not the shovel hands so much, but the just um being able to lie to your children and get away with it because there's no Google. That would be nice. Um, oh yeah. Oh, speaking of like other other things in this book that like I guess were kind of paw influence was like the not being able to do anything at all on sunday oh yeah that was man that'd be that would have been rough yeah like they weren't even I they mean, weren't like, allowed to play or work to be fair it's not like they were doing anything before so i guess it wouldn't be giving too much up because it's like okay mm. i can sit here and stare at this wool for some while <laughs> I can look at my paper dolls, but I cannot touch them. Right. Because that would be play. I mean, if anything, if anything, I think it might add some interest to their life in that it like gives them some sort of obstacle to work against, like some sort of, <laughs> even if it's a self-imposed <laughs> Home, they're one. problem solving. Yeah. Well, not even their, it's just like, 
it's got to, I guess it just breaks up the monotony of doing like, oh, we're doing chores every day, except for the one day where we aggressively don't do chores. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Oh, God. Yeah. You really have to rest on that day of rest. And if you don't, if you're not resting, God will know. (laughs) Terrible. All right. Did you, uh... uh... Oh, yes. So my character that I identified the most with was um, Uncle Henry's son, Charlie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Charlie. Remember, was the 11-year-old boy that they asked to help with the harvest. And Charlie was, he was having too much fun playing and he wasn't having it. So, like, <laughs> he didn't put up any fuss. Like, he didn't say, like, no or pout or cry or anything when they asked him to help. He was just extremely unhelpful. Like, <laughs> he would do things wrong on purpose. He would, like, drag his feet to go get them their supplies. He would lose the supplies. He even did the bit where he, like, pretended to get bit by a snake three or four different times. Um, and But ended up actually, like, it was very Boy Who Cried Wolf. He did end up getting hurt at the end. But, like, it was just very Anna. It was an extremely I Anna thing to do. <laughs> very much like that section where it's Charlie is like, oh, I'm hurt. And they come and check on him. And then he does it again and again. And finally mm-hmm. they don't check on him. I feel like Laura Ingalls was kind of doing with Boy Who Cried Wolf what I did with the Red Ball series <laughs> where <laughs> she's like, eh, well, no see, one's going to catch Well, see, your mistake this. was that no one has ever heard of Boy Who Cried Wolf. It's a very obscure text that only the most right, studious I went wrong. have ever read. That's what I, where I went yeah. wrong. You went, you went too mainstream with your Red, Red Wall, Wall Hedgehog the, reference. The 18th Red Wall book. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm, I totally feel for Charlie there, you know? When I don't want to do stuff, but like I want to look like I'm helping out, I just do the opposite <laughs> and hope no one ever asks me again. <laughs> oh man yeah we're all charlie really charlie did nothing wrong hashtag charlie did nothing yeah. wrong yeah hashtag charlie did nothing wrong and you know i don't know if even mary i don't think mary did anything wrong either that was my other that was my other blink did nothing wrong i think it was mary <laughs> she was just born blonde she can't help that everyone knows brunettes are garbage <laughs> she's gonna get hers in a few books when she goes blind so whatever yeah. Enjoy so it really, while you can, like, Mary. Yeah. I think Laura should be a lot nicer to Mary and, mm-hmm. um, you know, just be more sisterly. Yeah. Um, so I think that pretty much wraps it up for this fortnight, unless you had anything else you wanted to talk about. Oh, no, not at all. I'm done with this book and I'm done with chores. Uh, <laughs> all right, cool. Um, so... We are going to be doing a few more of these episodes where we revisit uh, books that we have hated in the past, generally middle school, grade school books. The next book is going to be one that I hated as a kid for a very different reason, um, which I'm not going to get into too much until we get to that episode. But the should I go ahead and tell you what it is now or do you want it to be a surprise? Yeah, I want to know. So the the next time that we do one of these revisit episodes, which I think is going to be two episodes from now, is going to be, um, let me look up the title, make sure I don't mess it up. I hope it's something I liked. I think you're going to like this one, actually. Probably. Maybe. Maybe not. Um, the next book we're going to be reading for this is Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator by Roald Dahl. <laughs> <laughs> not even that there's a sequel it's the sequel Charlie yeah the Factory, um, which i have read once but don't remember anything about i read it and it was my most hated book as a kid for a very really very specific reason which i'm gonna talk about on that episode but uh you guys are gonna have okay. to tune in to find out why i hate it um, <laughs> tricked ya <laughs> now you're here to stay <laughs> when we come back next uh, fortnight, we're going to be back on our regular challenge schedule. So the book that I challenged Anna to last episode is what we're going to be reading for next episode. So uh, until then, you guys can follow us on Twitter at HateReadCast. You can also email us at uh, Gmail at... Oh, God damn it. You can nope. also email us... <laughs> fuck this. You can also email us hatereadcast at gmail.com um if you guys you have it. your 
Huh, shut up. If you guys have your own Little House stories to share, uh, we'd love to hear them. Yeah, as well as the stories that traumatized you as children. Yeah, if you guys have any book that you really, really hated as a kid, just send it our way. Um, you can also follow us, hopefully, on iTunes and SoundCloud. And thank you, as always, to Ben Cope for the use of his theme song. In the words of Laura Ingalls Wilder, he whistled cheerfully while he worked, and then he sang, The birds were singing in the morning, and the myrtle and the ivy were in bloom, and the sun nor the hills was a-dawning, t'was then that I laid her in the tomb. Like, why the fuck are you singing that cheerfully? <laughs> Such a cheerful song. <laughs> because he's a fucking crazy psychopathic murderer. <laughs> <laughs> Last time on Hate Read. We have to go back, um Bad Loss Check. Anyway. <laughs> Previously on Lost. Um <laughs> Yeah, that's a really good theme song. <laughs> yes. <laughs> also, I did a little bit of that. Oh, don't even. Michael has decided he wants to rewatch Lost again now that it's on Hulu. And I'm like, I just can't even. I've seen this show, I don't know how many times, all the way through. Just stop. Okay. I think I've seen it all the way through once. And that's, that's enough. enough no for one needs me. To watch it. Michael loves it. Lost is the best show. Blah, blah, blah. And you know how Michael gets about his favorite thing. So, anyway. <laughs> These are a few of my favorite things <laughs> Penny Desmond and the Island. <laughs> okay. <laughs> When it all went bad somewhere around season four. Oh, and it made all of the fans mad. There you go. I was trying to think of a way to like, what's a word that rhymes with bad? Right. <laughs>